Did y'all see that fog this morning coming in? Yeah, I didn't need that. I was already like, <laughs> you know, I don't know what, I think it's up here, but at the end of the year, you, it's, you just feel tired mentally, emotionally. It's like, I'm just, you know, you're feeling tired of driving in that fog and it's, then it goes to like zero visibility for a little bit. And it's like, you could just drift away, you know, it's not a good idea when you're driving. But um, it's just kind of a serene, you know, end of the year, peace, quiet, which we're thankful for that. It's good to see everybody. Let's go to the Lord together in prayer. Father, we praise and glorify your name. We give you honor, Lord, in this place. We are the children of God and have received grace upon grace. And there is nothing, Lord, that you would withhold from us, having given your son. And we are honored and thankful to be able to be in the house of the Lord together today to worship, to honor, and to give you praise. And I pray that you would help us today, Lord, to celebrate the good that you have done in the earth and in our lives in this last year. And I pray, Lord, that we would move forward into the next year with gratitude and with expectation and with joy. And we pray, Lord, that your hand would rest upon us in this time. In Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat> I think um, we had a sweet Christmas. I think a lot of you did too, and praise God, you know. Because um, this year I tried a lot of people. <laughs> In so many ways around the world, not just in our country, as, as you know, um, it's been a trying year. And I think a lot of people have been wrestling with discouragement. You see it. It's, it's very hard. Uh, when, sometimes when you look around and you see uh, there's, there's just kind of a, an unsettledness. We're going to see some of this in the scriptures today, too. Um, an unsettledness in the world. And, and it's very easy for us because we, want, we pray for things and we ask God to do things and God has his own timeline. And we would do it as well as we can by the Spirit. We want to be conformed to his will, conformed to his heart. And, we want to, and, and if God is, has a different timeline than what we would like to see, which happens quite a lot if y'all discovered that, then what we do is we quiet our own hearts and we say, Lord, help us to agree with you. We want to be on your page. We're not asking you to come over to our side. We want to come over to your side. And um, I think, but what I think in that whole process, that ebb and flow, that give and take of God do this, God, we're, we're troubled about this, we're upset about this, helpless here, Lord, we need grace here. Um, good things can be happening around you and they seem not to be noticed. And I just want to say that it is so important and especially important for us to take time as we're going to do today to really honor the Lord and demonstrate and let and just to, just to say what he has done for in this church and for our souls and for the good of all of his people. The scriptures I've been reading, I've read this psalm over and over. I keep coming back to it in Psalm 65. If you start in verse 5, the first, 65, 5 says this, By awesome deeds you answer us in righteousness, O God of our salvation. You who are the trust, listen to this, of all the ends of the earth and the farthest sea. And if I had to, um, if I watched the news, I would say, well, we're still waiting on this one. And maybe we are, in part. We know there's many things we're praying for that we are waiting for. But if I go to the Wednesday night prayer meeting, I'd say we're living in this one. Amen. Because we're getting, every single week, Amen. we're hearing this, and this, and this, and this, and this. And it's like, guys, we need to pray. No more testimonies, you know. It's like, but there's, there's so many things that God is answering and that he's doing. And I want to encourage you to live in the realms of faith. 
And the way you live in the realm of faith is live with people of faith and speak out loud the things that God is doing. How many of you are like Mary? We just got done reading all this, right? About the Christmas story, as we call it, but it's the story of Jesus coming and all this. But how Mary, over and over again, it says she treasured these things in her heart. And there are lots and lots of people who that's as far as it gets. Some miracle, some incredible thing happens, and they treasure it in their heart, and they go, that was interesting. I'm going to keep my eye on that one, and then they tuck it away. And I know there's a right time for a testimony, but what I want to say to you is I'm hoping that even today, because we're going to have time at the end for some of you to come up and share things that God has done in your life, that the things you've been treasuring in your heart, that you'd be willing to let some of those things outside. Let some of those things come out of your mouth. Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of Christ, hearing by the word of God. People need to hear what God has done. And it's so important. He's the trust of all the ends of the earth and the farthest sea, but by awesome deeds, he answers us in righteousness. He is the God who is our salvation. In the King James Version, I was cross-referencing with that. It says, by terrible things, you answer us in righteousness. The idea is incredible display of power. And there are many things that we're praying for that we're asking God to answer that will look something like that. And many things he has done that look something like that. It says, who establishes the mountains by his strength, being girded with might. And if you see this, he's talking about the things that are going on in the world and with people. And if it says he establishes the mountains, these are figures. It's kind of like when John the Baptist came and it said that by his preaching, he was preaching a message of repentance. The Bible says that the mountains would be brought low and the valleys would be brought up. And it's not talking about the transformation of the landscape. It's talking about the landscape of the people. It's the high places, the the lofty and the proud would be brought down and the low and the humble would be brought up because God was going to establish a level playing field for all mankind. And when Jesus came and the message of repentance came in preparation for the Son of God, then um, that was what God was doing. He was saying, you're all going to have to come through the same door. And I don't care if you're a king or a peasant. Everyone is going to come through on the same plane. And when it says he establishes the mountains by his strength, being girded with might, it means that God is the one who gives exaltation and it doesn't come from man. And what God lifts up is lifted up because he is the one who has the power. Verse 7 says, Who stills the roaring of the seas, the roaring of their waves, and the tumult of the peoples. Again, in the King James Version, I cross-referenced on this one too. It says, "Who they'd use instead of the word roaring, It uses the word noise. Who stills the noise of the seas, the noise of the waves, and the tumult of the peoples. And the noise is the noise. The seas, it's that, anybody anybody here sleep with a sound machine? You don't have to put your hand up, it's okay. You don't have to admit it. It's like, white noise, you know what I mean? Um, But this constant noise and In the world we live in, there is constant noise, constant noise. And we've been learning in the church this year, and part of one of some of the testimonies that we have of the good things, the awesome things that God has done have been about deliverance and people getting free from deception and free from things like that. But what we've been learning about deception is deception requires constant noise to maintain itself. Because if you cut the noise, if you cut the constant lying out, then suddenly what comes to the, comes to the front is truth begins to prevail. 
And so, you know, that's what I say, like, you need to turn off the news, right? The media is noise. It's constant noise. The only way to maintain the narrative is to keep repeating the same things over and over and over and over and over till everybody believes that it's so. But as soon as the noise goes out, the truth begins to rise because truth is God's word. In the Bible, you know, we use the phrase ring of truth. Because truth is like a bell. Bing, one ring, and it rings on forever. But lies require constant maintenance to, to exist. They need someone to propagate them constantly. But the truth is a pillar and a rock, and it's solid and unmovable. But where you have noise, 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 what do you have? Tumult. The tumult, the troubled peoples. I want to show you guys this video. I don't know if you're, if you're aware of this, but I want you just to see. This is from uh, Brisbane, Australia, about a week ago. You can just roll it. There's no audio. This is just drone footage of, um, this is lockdown, uh, anti-lockdown mandate protests. The video is about a minute and a half. And this is one of the bigger ones. But we could go around the world, and I could show you 20 such videos of protests like this, some of them close to this size, happening around the world, the tumult of the peoples. You have noise, 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 and what do you get? You get chaos. And this is peaceful, but the people around the world are saying, enough is enough, no more. Do you see that? Tens of thousands of people. And it's fairly incredible to see. And every time you think, well, that's got to be the end, right? They round another corner. And there's some more. And there is actually the end, or the starting point, however you want to say it. Um, but I just wanted to show you that, because I don't know if you've seen that, if you, or if you know, because I've been surprised how many people don't know, because we, have, we do sort of, in some ways, live in a bubble. feel like that some days. And by the way, one of the things we have to thank God for is how he has protected us from tremendous trouble um, and difficulty. I mean, I have, I have I, many days gone out and lived my more or less normal life, which we have for the last 18 months, lived more or less normal life, and just thanked God every day, every day, because I've been watching Canada, Australia, England, France, Italy, and looking at the different things that are happening all over the world. And you watch it and you go, Lord Jesus, what we're praying for, and we still are, are awesome deeds and righteousness. Come, Lord, because what has to happen is the hand of God has to come in like this. And this is what I want to say to you. You know, in America, we give credit to all kinds of things. We say, well, you know why it hadn't happened in America is because we've got guns. Well, maybe. Maybe that's part of it. Well, we've got the Constitution. Well, that's part of it. But you've got to always get all the way back to the source. And the simple source is God's hand resting in answer and in response to his prayers. And it's not that we're loved more than anybody else. It's not that. It's God's working out his will in response to the prayers of his people. And we don't understand what it all means. But we've got to give credit where credit's due. 
and thank and praise the Lord because you know what God does. If he, if he, if he, if he gives us, if he, if he restores and heals and brings about the deliverance and the healing that we need to see even in our country, you know what he's going to do? He makes you strong so that you can be strong on someone else's behalf. And then he sends you and helps you become a deliverer and a helper, you know, and for us to be a light in the world, the church, no less. I mean, and, and, and this is why we've talked about this so much over the last year in the church is that we ignore things and we say, well, that's not important. That's not about the gospel. I'm sorry, what? You know what I mean? For me, this is a huge disconnect. It's like people say, well, you need to have a gospel-centered life, a gospel-centered marriage, a gospel-centered church, a gospel-centered gospel, a gospel-centered evangelism. And then you say, well, let's, let's see what we can do to try to help people who are in trouble and oppressed all over the world. And they say, well, hold up a second. That's politics. Well, what about politi, the people? Don't we care, you know, about the, the things that affect the people? Are we not the people? If there's going to be a people who are going to stand for truth in the world, isn't that supposed to be the church? Well, I thought it was. And so... God is the one who stills the roaring of the seas. He's the one. So where do we turn? Where do we turn to see our friends, our neighbors, and even our political allies across the world? Who, who do, where do we turn to see them helped? We turn to our God. So it is the church. Who else is going to do it? Who's going to still the roaring of the seas? Who's going to shut the noise down? Only God. Only God. And we'll see him do it. The tumult of the people's there has to be a deliverance from the hand of God. And so this message, what I'm sharing with you today is there's so many things that we have seen and there are things we're still praying for. But don't forget to thank God for all he is doing and has done while we wait for the rest of the answers. <clears throat> Verse 8 says, They who dwell in the ends of the earth... Stand in awe of your signs. You make the dawn and the sunset shout for joy. Praise God, the morning from the, the morning sun and the evening sun. You visit the earth and cause it to overflow. You greatly enrich it. The stream of God is full of water. You prepare their grain, for thus you prepare the earth. This is who, you know that this is who God is. It's what he's like and it's what he does. You water its furrows abundantly. You settle its ridges you soften it with showers. You bless its growth. And listen to what it says in verse 11. You have crowned the year with your bounty and your paths drip with fatness. God is crowning the year. You know, we had such a great Christmas at our house. We were just thanking God. We were like, you know, we're not like rich people or whatever you say. You know, is that rude to say rich people? I don't know what the rules are. But um, <clears throat> we're... Uh, but, you know, but like we're just looking at our kids, you know, opening their gifts and everything. And we're just in this so much happiness and thankfulness and gratitude. And we're just going, look at what God has done. Look at what God has done. Is this not a crown? Is this not a crown? You know, and you look at the friendships and the relationships that we have with one another. And you say, is this not a crown? Look at the growth. Look at the tremendous things that God's done in the church. Is this not a crown? And you look around at the answers and your friends and people who've had breakthroughs in the last year, and you're thinking about the people that you prayed with and saw things change in your life. You say, is this not a crown? I'm, well, but I'm, I'm waiting for another crown. It's this other thing I'm asking God for. Yeah, okay, we'll keep on waiting. Maybe that'll be the, that might be next year's crown. But there's crowns. He's crowning this year. Don't miss it. Don't miss it. I'm going to show you a couple of things. This is very practical and simple. But... um. 
you know, with Joseph, remember the story of Joseph, incredible story of redemption. Through great difficulty over a 20-year period, he struggled. 20 years of him being treated in ways he should not have been treated from a human standpoint, and yet God was working all things for good. And at the end of it all, his brothers are bowing down before him, which goes back to a dream he'd had 20 years ago. And Joseph breaks into tears, finally reveals himself to his brothers, and he says to them, he says, what you intended for evil, God intended for good. The year was crowned with his goodness, you know, and God always crowns, he crowns the seasons of life with his goodness. He says, you didn't see it because all you could see was what was right in front of you, but I was working it, working this, working this, working this, and does not the scripture say that he works all things for good? In fact, it says, and we know that God works all things for good for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. You say, well, I'm looking at a bad thing. Well, it says he works all things. That bad thing is going to go into the equation and come out with the good thing. It's going to end with a crown because it's God. And you've got to hold on. You've got to hold on while he's working it because it's not instantaneous. But he's working all things. So look at this first chart. This is, this is actually a 10-year church attendance chart. You're going to notice a, 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 there was a point at which there was an increase. Do you see that little <laughs> at the very end there? This was attendance at our church, okay? That lowest point right there, that little dip before it shoots up, was the beginning of COVID and the shutdowns. So, our, so, so we shut down for six weeks. We did sign-ups. We limited attendance. We were still we were trying to figure out what's going on. Is this thing dangerous? Who knows? You know. But as soon as we could, we reopened the church. I think we were closed about six weeks, maybe seven. And as soon as we reopened, look what God did. I mean, do you guys see that? It doesn't have this, it doesn't have the little normal little pullback and then another little pull. (laughs) Nobody else impressed by that. I'm not not saying look how great our church is. I'm saying look at what God has done. Look what God has done. You know, this is what I want like my bank account and my investments to look like. You know, (laughs) the last part especially. So um, this is what God has done. And, um, and, and so God has a way of saying, you're on the right track. And um, it's not that we weren't on the well, Maybe we, who knows? Who knows? <laughs> but God has a time and a way and a place for everything. But, but particularly, we were standing on a particular word from God. If you will open up your church and give my people to worship, I will watch your back. That's right. That's and we did not have one, not one, breakout of COVID-19 in this church related to any meeting that we ever had. I'm telling you, because I'm talking to people, they call me Wednesday. I just tested positive. And it's like, were you at church Sunday? No, I wasn't able to be there. I mean, over and over and over and over, they didn't have a, a contact point with anybody else in the church. We even had a school meeting here. And I mean, you know, everybody's licking their fingers and touching everything, and it was just like no mask. I mean, they were just all over the place, and it was like, and, and not, nothing there either. That's right. Nothing there either. If you will tend to my business, I will tend to yours, says the Lord your God. And that was the word that we had, so we walked in it. And when you walk in the word that God has, this is what he does. And so... Similar, you can show the next one. This is just sort of a month over month. So I just want to commend you guys. Like, this is very stable. 
Um, and you guys coming to church and being a part of the fellowship and worshiping and being in the house of God and making it a priority, I want to say that God is and will reward you for that in your life because it means so much. We gather together for, to edify and build one another up, and this shows me that you guys care about each other and that you care about the word of the Lord, that you care about God and putting him first in your life. And I just want to commend you for that. Um, we have a, sim a similar chart on the giving side, on the giving 20, uh, this is another 10-year, but you can see it's not, exact, it's not the same kind of spike, but it's very similar. But right, that last little hitch point at the bottom there is COVID. And giving went up through COVID and never came back down. Never came down. When people were not in the building, they were still giving. I want to commend you. I want you guys to give yourselves a hand because, I mean, that, I mean, that, that shows devotion to, to, I mean, you know what I mean? It means that it matters and it's important to you. And I'm not a big money guy. You don't hear me talk about money up here. Like, I'm a strong arm you a little and see what you, <laughs> that's not my world, okay? I don't, God builds his church. And I really believe that. And we, our job is to be faithful. And, but I just want to show you what it looks like um, because the faithfulness has been incredible. And we have another, just a little grab, a little bar type chart here. Anyway, same kind of thing. Just want to. Um, commend you guys and say thank you because you have been so faithful. Um, and the giving of the church in, on this 10-year graph is approaching twice as high as it has ever been. And um, that has mostly happened in the last couple of years. The, the most tremendous increase in growth there has been um, through the season where, where um, things were supposed to be shutting down and instead we were thriving on the vine flourishing. And I just want to say, praise God. I know that's not true necessarily everywhere, but everywhere that I know where people were kind of just stepping out in faith and doing things, God, because I meet with a group of pastors, they're all saying the same thing. Their churches are full. One pastor said, I don't know almost anybody's name in my second service. He said, they've just flooded in and I don't know where they came from. And, um, <clears throat> but there's, it's just been an incredible, we call it the great church shakeup of 2020 in 2021, really, just, just a shuffling all around and a reordering of people and priorities. And how many know that God is the master chess player and that he puts everybody where he wants them for the right time? And it's so important because, and I, mean, I hope you guys understand this, that we each are strategically where God wants us when he wants us there. And it tells me that there's something ahead. That's what it tells me. Because the whole thing is about this checkmate that God is working and so he needs everybody where they belong so for the checkmate that's coming. And the checkmate, guess what? It's not God getting stomped. It's the devil getting stomped. It's enough of this and enough of the lies and everything else and the craziness in the world and the gospel advancing at a, in a, at a rate that it has not advanced in our country. A revival among the churches and through the churches that breaks out into society and through the culture and the kingdom of God coming in the earth. Checkmate. You know, and we'll see it with our eyes. And um, it's been incredible. Uh, Life Bible Church, our church, added 20 families and 44 individual members in 2021. And praise God for his faithfulness. That's, um, this is people who went through the membership classes. This doesn't include people who, who, are, who are calling it their home church but haven't really you know, settled in it through membership. Um, but I just want to say, I mean, that out of a church of about 200 average, something like that, between our two services, that's incredible. 
That's incredible. And all glory goes to God for that. So these are practical things that have spiritual implications. God's saying, keep pressing on toward the prize. I will pour out my blessing. (laughs) But beyond that, there are many spiritual things that God has done that have no tangible metrics. You can't measure them. You can't make a chart. But the, and these are where the real life is found. So in, I'm going to call you guys with an opportunity here in a moment to share what's in your heart. And this is not pre-screened, okay? This is just an opportunity for you as you are led to come up and share. And I want to ask you to keep it two or three minutes, you know, five on the far outside, but let's say two or three. So we can have as many people as possible be able to share. Um, but in Revelation 12, 11, we cite this one all the time because it's true. They overcame him, they overcame the devil and all of his work because of the blood of the Lamb and because of the word of their testimony. And they did not love their life, even with face with death. Many of you have faced the loss of great things and difficulties because of your convictions, because of the way that God has led you in the last year, and that's a testimony. Many of you have, have faced all kinds of things. And the, and the stuff that God has done in your life, many of you have seen deliverances and salvations and healing. You've gotten new jobs and raises and promotions. And you've had, you know, just, just, the, just the blessing of God has been flowing. The river of God has been flowing. We just read that a moment ago. The rivers of God are full. The stream of God is full of water. And his people are swimming in it. And I just want to say, if you've been blessed by God in a particular way, you have an answer to prayer, some way that you've been flourishing, some way he's touched your life outside of the church or through the church or through your relationships, we want to hear about it. And it's a part of how we strengthen one another for the road ahead. So I want to encourage you to come on up. Will you bear witness to God's faithfulness in your life and in this church over the last year? Okay. Um, Mr. Larry Abernathy. We were praying, praying hard, hard, hard. And there's this one song that I just kept praying over and over and singing it. It was in Spanish, and it was a song about Caleb, the story of Caleb. Um, Caleb, he comes to Joshua. He says, give me this land. Give me the land that that I was promised. I was with you. I was a soldier. I fought. He's, I'm 84 years old. Give me this land that was promised to me. And he and Joshua gave him that land. It says it was the biggest, tallest mountain, and they were giants. And I read that story, and I kept singing that song over and over and over. And we're hearing updates that he's getting better and so on. And what happened? You guys were witnesses. You saw him, how he came up here, and he, had to, he got to read, right? You saw that. And the verse that came to me was, call upon me on the day of trouble. I will deliver you and you shall glorify me. (laughs) Did you not see him? (laughs) I did. I see him. God is faithful. His word. He is faithful, guys. Good morning. Um, I just wanted to take a moment just to say I'm thankful for the church here and um, just for the community and fellowship, all the prayers. Um, I did want to say one thing I've really come to learn this year is that prayers work. They get answered. And there's been several I've seen just asking people around here to pray for me. But just one in particular I wanted to say was uh, around November, um, I was in the college and career group meeting. And I asked for prayer because um, I tend to get very depressed around this time of year. Um, 
and just really down and stuff. And I asked for prayer about that, that I would just have joy. And I just wanted to say this last about month and a half, I've just felt so much joy and happiness. It's it's to the point my family have even noticed it. And um, I'm just so thankful for that. And um, I just feel so loved here, so appreciated. And I really appreciate everyone else. And I'm going to shut up before I end up here an hour because I will. <laughs> All right, who wants to go next? Oh, man, you got me all, got me all my feels over there, Angie. <laughs> Talking about Mr. Larry. Um, yeah, that, that was definitely some faithful prayers. And it was, it was awesome to see God as, as we came together and prayed for him. And I think one of the more impactful things was what you were talking about was when he came up here and he said, hey, who prayed for me? And it was like a sea of hands just went up, you know. That's awesome. And um, speaking of praying together as a church and corporately, there has been a um, particular individual, it's a mom, who comes here to the church, and she keeps dropping off these letters, and these letters are about Misty Payne Blair, and y'all may be familiar, I've come up here and spoke a couple times, and um, this isn't my own testimony, I think this is a, the church's testimony, that's what this is, so I just want to share it with y'all real quick. So this is kind of a recap, but it says she was, this is Misty Payne Blair, she's 31, She was diagnosed with stage four colon cancer on June 7th, 2021. So stage four, those that are familiar, that's that's the last stage. Her second CT scan since beginning chemotherapy was Friday, October 29th. The scan showed more tumor shrinkage. Her colon tumor can barely be seen on the scan now. Yeah, man. This is fantastic news and very promising. Uh, She just completed her 12th treatment. A CT scan is scheduled for December 28th. Please pray no cancer to be found. God is so good, and we are so thankful for all your prayers. Now, listen, I don't think Joel collaborated, okay, with Misty Payne Blair's mom. But how awesome is this? You know how, I mean, this was on our door this morning. My wife and I pulled up. Kayla was like, what's that on the door? And then we both kind of got excited, and Aiden ran out of the car and goes and grabs it. And we were like, don't touch the paper. Okay. (laughs) So to continue, we're giving him all the praise. That's giving God all the praise and the glory. Surgery to reverse the colostomy will be late January. She will have maintenance chemo for several months to come. Thank you again for your love and support. If you would like to send Misty a card of encouragement, please see the address below. So I'll, I have this. I can take a picture. I think um, someone from the, the, the ladies' prayer group has already posted it up in the group. But um, I just want to let the church know right now that, like, this, this is the power of prayer. That right there. And I, we, we don't know how many churches she's been to, but we're the church. We're the church. We're the body. And I think all gifted differently, right? Bible talks about that. But coming together and being able to pray about a specific topic, we see it here with Larry. We see it, we see it here with Ethan, right? And uh, we see it here with Misty Payne Blair. And so know that, yeah, prayer, prayer, it's effectual, that there's a, an actual thing that happens from it. And um, I know that you said five minutes, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to choke it back here. But I, I will just tell you that um, personally, 
this church has so grown me and grown my family. And uh, whew, so... Um, I don't like to share because I cry, but uh, God did a miracle in Mike's life this year. I mean, starting in June, Mike started feeling really sick, and we kept going to the doctor, we kept going to the doctor, and it took them until October to find out that he had a problem. They went and they did um, they did a heart cath, and he had 99% blockage in one artery and 100% in the other artery. And I was like, whoa, when he came out, I asked the doctor, he said, I said, is that a miracle that he's alive? And he went, yes, it is. So um, doctor said within two weeks, he would have been, I would have been bringing in a dead husband. So God, and the most incredible part is the doctor said to me, and there were so many people praying. The day I was in the hospital, I kept getting messages. We're praying, we're praying. But uh, the doctor said, we don't do, I don't try to do 100% blockage. He said, that's heart bypass. He said, but I just stuck that needle in there and pop, that thing came out. And I knew that was God. So God is good. I just want to share uh, what the Lord has done for me uh, through this year. I mean, I I feel like he has brought me to this church. He brought me here in May, and uh, I know that any time I've had to look for a church, I've just depended on him to put me in the right place at the right time, and I know that he called me here, and I have been praying that the Holy Spirit would just use me as far as just, you know, that he would work through me to maybe bring healing to people or, or deliverance. And I, uh, you know, I didn't know how he'd go about doing that. Uh, Angela asked me to lead a altar ministry recently, and, you know, I, I'm not a leader, and I... I, you know, fear comes in right away, so I just gave it to the Lord, and almost immediately, the Holy Spirit said to me, what did you just ask me this morning? And it was like, oh my gosh, I have to step out, because, you know, how is he going to use me? So, again, I accepted, and uh, I just, again, with prayer, it's so important in our lives, because... uh, on Wednesdays when we come together and we pray for the church family, we pray for the world, whatever God puts on our heart. 
And as we've been praying for family and for the prodigal children to come home and the teens and the young adults, I mean, I've been praying for them, but I have my oldest daughter who who kind of, four years ago, went through a divorce and she kind of drifted away from the Lord and the Lord is starting to work on her and bring her back. And she's starting to, you know, draw towards back towards the Lord. So I just want to give God all the glory because uh, in all my years, if you persevere, if you stand on it, sometimes I've had to wait 20, 24 years for prayers to be answered. But he was so faithful because I never gave up on him. And I knew that when he gives you a word, hold on to it, stand, uh, just... Just never let it go, because he will manifest it, and he he has always been faithful. So I just thank you. But I have a little bit better since Suzanne and the girls are not in here. Um, so one thing I always want to talk about, and I wasn't going to get up here and say it, but I was afraid that if I didn't, God would take it away. Mine is contentment, is that probably about two years ago, I was not happy with anything. I didn't really have joy. And, you know, it's kind of like life was just going by. I was... I was kind of raised in a middle-class family, kind of middle-class family now. Really didn't have any ups and downs, but when you look at what we've gone through for five years, we moved five times in five years. Wasn't much fun with dragging the kids around. And then we made our way to Canton and to Life Bible Church. It's kind of a strange way on how we came here, but I thank God multiple times, maybe daily or weekly, that we are here. And then, you know... um, with my job, I'm happy with my job, I'm content with my job, and I've shared some things that have happened that normally would not, you could turn it into a bitter situation. But through prayer, God has just told me in the back of my mind, just give it time, give it time. You know, it's not your timing right now. And I have found peace with God with that. I don't have any bitterness with my bosses or with anybody at work. I go in every day, I do my job to the best of my ability, what I can do for for my employer, I do it for them, but also I give God credit for that. I've caught myself now more during the lunchtime talking about church, talking about God, and literally I get negativity almost back every time. So it's kind of like, you know, I read in the Bible where, you know, and it may not be in the Bible, it may just be my Bible, where it says, don't spend your time with negative people, because it, it, it doesn't build you up. But then, I will say, I get refurbished here at Life Bible Church. And one of the things I have found here that I've not found in a long time is friendship. I literally can name more than a handful of people that I know for a fact I could call and talk to them and tell them what's going on with my life if I needed to. I've never, ever, ever have had that before in my life. This is the first time in 54 years I felt like I could talk to more than five different men in here about a situation I could be in. So one thing I would like to say is that, you know, financially, you just 
we've not come in a whirlwind of money. Um, we've talked about playing the lottery, but we just <laughs> giving up two dollars for a piece of paper just doesn't sound like fun for me. But it's like I have told Suzanne, and I try to tell our girls, contentment is more important than anything else that we can have right now. Find joy in the situation that you're in. Praise God for that situation, and don't take him for granted on that. And uh, that's really my story for this one, because I've lived the contentment. I have gotten a better response at work from, my, from the people that report to me, my coworkers, my bosses. Um, you know, it's just a total different outlook when you look at your situation and give thanks for being in it. Anybody? And thank you. Uh, do you want me to just call on somebody? Let me just... <laughs>
there's certainly been a lot of things that can be discouraging for all of us, whatever our opinions are as we look out into the world. And, and um, I grew up in church, and one of the youth ministers that I had uh, shared a song with us, and it was 1 John 4, 7, and 8. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God. And everyone that loveth is born of God. He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. So, beloved, let us love one another. And um, that is a verse that um, God has just placed on my heart. Um, it's easy to get discouraged and to get angry at people. or But um, we're called to love. I know Joel has shared in his messages that deception and... Um, and things happening in the world are evil, and that's not that doesn't come from our our loving God. And we're called to love and be the light of the world, and uh, it's hard to do. So pray for me in that that I continue to uh, heed those uh, those words. But one other verse that that comes to mind: First um, John four four that says, "Little children." You are from God and have overcome them, for he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. So let's remember that. He that lives within us is greater than he that is in the world. And uh, just be um, in prayer for me that I'll live by those verses and I'll be in prayer for you as well. As we're just talking about how the Lord is crowning the year, just want to share briefly uh, a, a promise that I have seen fulfilled and am still seeing fulfilled uh, in my life. Um, while while we were uh, going overseas, uh, I had, and, and this has already been touched on a little bit by several people, just relationships, community that I didn't have before. Um, I just we always had had a very busy life, and so I knew a thousand people by name, but I didn't know three things about three people. You know, it's just everything was super, uh, very superficial, very, very surface level. Um, and then when we were uh, in, in ministry overseas, you just have to get to know people. And so that was the first time in my life that I really had deep relationships with anybody outside of my own family. Um, and so when it was time for us to come back here, I was super hesitant to come back. Um, just because I didn't want to give up something that I had found. I never knew previously that I didn't have it until I had it, and I didn't want to give that up. But coming back here, um, and I'll just read this. There, there's a, a passage, uh, the, the rich young ruler passage. A lot of you guys would be familiar with it. But there's a promise at the end, so I'm going to skip over the, the rest of the passage. But that was the passage that the Lord used to, um, to, to really turn my, hearts toward, uh, my heart towards being open uh, to go in and serve in elsewhere. But at the end of the passage, uh, Jesus said, uh, truly I say to you, there is no one who has left house or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or farms for my sake and for the gospel's sake. He said, nobody's left these things um, and, and not received a hundred times as much now in this age and in the age to come. 
And so that was, that was a promise that I, I didn't really take hold of. I'd read it, didn't really fully understand what it meant. But once I finally had some, uh, some relationships with the community, it was hard to let go of that and come back. But this is the, this is the part that I want to give, give glory to the Lord for, is being back here, I've had more relationships, deeper relationships uh, that I am extremely grateful for, the walking through life with people in, in just deep, genuine, sincere love for one another, where we get together and talk about more than just the wind and the weather, right? That we're actually talking about life. We're talking about things that the Lord is doing in us and through us and for us. And uh, it's just an amazing blessing, and I want to give glory to God for that. Amen. You got it, man. <clears throat> well, we're going to stand up and praise the Lord and cl- close out the service. But we just want to, you to be aware because I know that God is doing things all the time. And some of you hear these things and some of you don't. And it's incredible to me that we could probably have just gone on and on. Some of you to come back up. You know what I mean? Um, because someone says something, you remember something else. But God is working, he's listening, he's answering prayers, and we um, have to be like, it says of the, the Proverbs 31 woman, it says she looks to the future and smiles. There's an expectation because of who God is, because of what's ahead, that God is going to be doing good things, and we're going to have more and greater things to rejoice in in the days to come.